0: I lead the youth here at Hope Springs. Uh, If you're joining us in person, if you're joining us online, we are so blessed to have you. Uh, I figured since this is my first time up here, I might give you guys a few fun facts about me. First of all, I am low-key, maybe high-key, actually obsessed with coffee. Um, Case in point, you'll never not see me having a coffee in a day if you do, you should probably run in the other direction. Um, I love to teach. I'm a teacher. I love to teach. I love Jesus. And I love to be busy. Um, anybody else like to keep their schedule? Really? Not many people? Okay, I was going to say, I like to be busy. If I, like, I don't know if it's the ADHD in me or what, but I just can't sit still. Um, but it, has anybody watched I Love Lucy before? Okay, there we go. See, there we go. We're getting a little bit somewhere. So has anybody seen the episode where Lucy and Ethel are at the chocolate factory? Okay. I, that is kind of like my life at times, right? I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do this, right? And it's kind of like a conveyor belt. So for those of you that haven't seen the episode, Lucy and Ethel, they work at a chocolate factory. There's a conveyor belt. It brings them a piece of chocolate. They wrap the chocolate. They put it on the conveyor belt again, and it drifts off. There's a catch, though. If chocolate goes by unwrapped, they're fired, okay? So they're sitting there, and they're like, oh, this is so easy. And then it gets a little bit faster, and then there's more chocolate. And by the end of it, they're like shoving chocolate in their mouth, and like chocolate's going all over the place. And clearly it did not go well for Lucy and Ethel, but life is kind of like that. Does anybody feel like life is like that at times, right? It's little by little. It picks up one at a time, and before you know it, You've got one job. You have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that turns into a husband or a wife. That turns into kids. Kids turn into toddlers. Toddlers into teenagers. That turns into diaper bills, and that turns into school payments, and that turns into, Mom, I have a field trip. I need $50 for it. Also, I had a bake sale. I need you to make 100 cupcakes in, like, 30 minutes. Can you do that? That turns into school payments. That turns into car payments and mortgages, and before you realize it, you're looking back on your life, and you're like, What? I was just I was just 10, right? Like I where's the sprinkler and the slip and slide? We almost always feel rushed, right? Like we can become overwhelmed and anxious when we look at our to-do list. We don't have enough hours in the day. And so we try to squeeze a little bit more out of each day. We're like, okay, if I just wake up this many minutes earlier, I can try and fit this into my schedule, or you stand, I'll stand at the uh grocery store and try and figure out what line is going to move the fastest. Or if you're like me, you take your brothers or your sister shopping with you and you stand in different lines and whoever gets up first, you all run to that line, right? (laughs) Or, you know, I've seen my dad single-handedly cross four lanes of traffic just to get in front of one car to be a little bit faster, right? You try to be a little bit more efficient every time. I'm, I am try to squeeze so much more time. I have taken more than one, and I'm proud to admit it, that I, I passed them, but more than one test or assignment in college while I was doing my business. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, bringing my laptop into the bathroom, just trying to squeeze a little bit more time in the day, right? And so, so I, hey, I lead the youth. You guys signed up for bathroom talk, okay? Um, but sometimes we don't just feel rushed, but we feel... Disappointed in life sometimes. You feel like, man, I don't have time for the things I want to do. Something's missing, right? We don't have time to do the things that we love, whether that's reading or traveling, or maybe you like building Star Wars Lego sets, whatever your thing is, right? There's no time for the people you love. You don't have time to sit and talk after church, or you don't have time to sit down and have a family meal. You don't have time to call up your, your friends. But life's not supposed to be this way, right? So what if I told you that the greatest enemy to the life that you want is the life that you're living? I'm going to say it again. The greatest enemy to the life you want might just be the life that you're living. Mind blown, right? So today's sermon is uh, called When You're Too Busy for What Matters. And I'm going to be honest. I feel like Pastor Chris called me out a little bit on this one because this is the opposite of how I live, right? I, I despise slow. I don't like being slow. For those of you that are letting me drive your children today, I promise I follow the speed limit, but <laughs> normally I'm like in the fast lane, right? I despise slow. Um, and so this, this message really, it, it mean, means a lot to me, so I, I hope it means a lot to you, but um, I'm going to pray before we, before we get into it. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we get to gather together, God, and and soak in your word, God. God, I just pray that this is a time that we can not worry about the stuff that doesn't matter, God, that we can take the time right now to listen to you, God, to be with you, God, and to just soak in your word, God. I pray that you uh, just speak to us each individually today, God. We thank you we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm guessing everybody here is busy. Does anybody not call themselves busy? All right, see cool. Everybody's everybody's busy, right? You got places to be, you have jobs to do, you have bills to pay, kitchens to clean, kids to raise, news to read, yards to mow, dinners to cook, clothes to buy, clothes to wash, clothes to wash, clothes to wash. Eight loads of laundry later, you've got more clothes to buy because you don't want to wash the ones that you have, or maybe you're like, I can't find my specific shirt right now, I need to go buy another one. You've got photos to take, you've got Facebook captions to write, you've got events to attend, right? But you don't have time for family meals, right? Because everybody's going all sorts of different directions. We don't have time for deep, meaningful conversations with our friends. We don't have time for rest and reflection and time to really soak in the word of God. We don't have time to seek God intentionally in our day. We just don't have time. Does anybody, anybody feel like they just don't have time? Well, you're not alone, right? Like, I'm pretty sure we all feel that way. What if the greatest enemy to the life you want is the life that you're living Right now, and that's why I love this series, right? We're not just talking about the truth of Jesus, which we always have. We always will, but we're also talking about the way that Jesus lived. So if we look at the life of Jesus throughout the Gospels, he had a ministry that was basically about three years, okay? He embraced this mission from the Father. He recruited a, a heavenly team of 12, you know, young scrappy dudes, and he trained them in kingdom values. He endured hatred from the Pharisees. He resisted the temptation of the devil. He healed all sorts of sick and hurting people. He loved all sorts of broken people. He preached the word of God fearlessly, despite the cost, right? And he fulfilled 351 Old Testament prophecies. But you know what words you never see in the Bible? Jesus ran. Jesus never once ran. He didn't run. He didn't sprint. He didn't gallop. He didn't, like, speed skate. He didn't hop in a Mustang and, like, skirt, skirt somewhere. Like, no, he walked. Occasionally he rode a donkey, but he walked. He was busy, right? Right? We just established. He's got a long list of things that he's doing, okay? The women, we did a a study on the 12 disciples, and some of those guys, like the Sons of Thunder, like, (laughs) that took a lot of work, I'm sure, right? But Jesus was, he was busy, but he was never rushed. You never hear Jesus going like, shoot boys, we're behind schedule, like we're going to cut through here. We don't really need to stop for the woman at the well. She's got five husbands and a side piece, like she's going to be fine anyway. Like, no, he's not like we're leaving Peter behind. He's being a little annoying right now. Like, no, he's like, he's, he's busy, but he's not rushed. He takes time. He never once ran. And so if we look at Mark chapter 2 verse 14. We see this a lot. We see this a lot when Jesus is going places, but it says as he, Jesus, walked along. As Jesus what? Walked Walked along. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. So if Jesus is walking along, he sees Levi, and he tells him to follow me. Now, If Levi follows him, Levi's not sprinting ahead of Jesus, right? If we're sprinting ahead of Jesus, that's probably not a good idea, right? If Levi follows an unrushed Jesus, then that means Levi should be living an unrushed life. So what about us, right? If we're following an unrushed Jesus, that means that we too should be living an unrushed life. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not busy, right? We can be busy. But we should never be rushed, right? If we're following an unrushed Jesus, we should be living an unrushed life. So, if you find yourself always stressed, rushed, overwhelmed, or just plain exhausted, like absolutely on the floor, exhausted, trying to get it all done. If you feel like you're always falling short, like you never can get to the level you want to get to you make all these plans to do all these things in a day and it just seems like you never get through the list and the list gets longer every single day that that's okay jesus invites you to come to him he invites you to follow him as he lives an unrushed life he's inviting you to also live an unrushed life so i know some of you are like all right harmony you are 26 years old. You live at your parents' house. What do you know about Rush? What do you know about bills? What do you know about all these things, right? I don't know a lot, but <laughs> I did my research, <laughs> all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to read you guys. Um, last week, Dave read uh, a A piece of scripture in Matthew. And so I'm going to read it in the message translation. So before I read that, I want to give you guys kind of a kind of real quick lesson about the message. This is not a uh, translation you should ever use standalone. Okay. It's more of a devotion translation. So it's like somebody's paraphrase of what this is. So it's like somebody's interpretation. It's good. It's accurate. I use it when I'm studying and I'm like, what? I don't understand this. They're using a lot of big words that I do not understand. It's really helpful, but I really like the way that this is said. And so uh, Matthew 11, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That just sounds beautiful to me. Like, I want to take a real rest, right? I don't know what an unforced rhythm of grace is, but that sounds A1. Like, I like that idea. Jesus says, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Does anybody wish that they could recover moments of their life? Like, sometimes I sit, and I'm like, where's the, like, I feel like my foot's on the gas. I'm like, where's the break?" Like, I want to stop. I'm soaking in on this moment. Or I just feel like I need a, a rest. And God is, Jesus is inviting us to do that. He says, get away with me, and you will recover your life. You'll take a real rest, not just a rest, a real, real rest, genuine, authentic rest, okay? And he says, walk with me and watch how I do life. Don't just believe what Jesus believed, right? I know that a lot of us in these seats believe what, Julie, whoop, rewind, believe what Jesus believed. But do we live the way that Jesus lived? Jesus was given 33 years on this earth. He was given 33 years to start a world-changing revolution. He was given 33 years to save humanity. That's a pretty big order, right? And yet he waited 30 years to start. Jesus' whole ministry was only done in a... Th- well, he lived, right? But his, his main ministry was only done in three years. He started out of obscurity. He was baptized by God the Father. He was ready to save the world. And what did he do? As soon as he started his ministry... He spent 40 days alone with God. He just starts a a ministry, and he immediately takes a rest. That sounds insane. I can't imagine starting a job and being like, thank you for hiring me now. Um, I like to cash in all of my vacation and my sick time. Like, it sounds crazy, right? But that's what Jesus did. Now, I'm not encouraging that, but I'm saying, right, that's what Jesus did. Then he has his first miracle. It's at the wedding, right? And Jesus didn't walk up and try and big time him and show him off. He's not like, I'm the SOG, son of God. I'm the the heavenly brother with no earthly mother. Like, that wasn't him, right? He stayed until the end of the wedding when the wine ran out. He was like, no, like, that could have been an easy out. Jesus could have been like, you know what? The wine's done. Like, great part. Thank you for inviting me. Hope to catch you next time. See ya. Uh, I got stuff to... No, he's, he was like, oh, it's Al, like, I got you. Don't worry. He made more Jesus jiggle juice. Like, he was good, right? And then you have another situation, right? He's this, this leader, Jairus. G- he comes up to Jesus. He's like, My little girl is dying. And so Jesus is like, All right. Let's walk. Uh, walk. Let's walk to your house. Now, I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine if your child is dying, you're going to want whoever's supposed to help them to put a little pep in their step, right? You're going to want them to put some hustle on it. You're like, come on. And Jesus is like, no, like, we're going to walk. And this woman who was sick for 12 years stops him, and Jesus heals the woman. And while Jesus is performing this, this, this healing on this woman, Jairus' daughter dies. And Jesus says, don't worry, I got it. And he he heals the daughter. The daughter is, is, is healed as well. Jesus could have gone straight to the daughter and healed her, but he would have missed the woman who was sick for 12 years. If Jesus was hurrying, if Jesus was rushed, he would have missed it. He could have chosen any animal, right? Let's look at Jesus' transportation. He could have chosen any animal. He could have performed a miracle. He could have flown. He could have been like the flash. Like, he could have carpentered himself a car or something, right? He could have rocked his, you know, his Jesus sandals and like, I don't know, done something to him. But instead, he walked. Or he took a donkey. I don't know if anybody's ever had experience with a donkey. I was recently on Bonaire. I saw a lot of donkeys. They're slow, and they're stubborn, and they just—they—they're they're not very efficient modes of travel. And yet, that's the only real other way of travel besides walking that we see Jesus take—that in boat. So if Jesus isn't rushed, then why are we? My experience is that means that we're either running from something, or running to something. So maybe you're running from your past. You're running. Running from failure or insecurities. You're running from hurt or abuse. You're running from insignificance. You might be running to something. You might be running to marriage. You might be running to success. You might be running to money. You might be running to more likes, more followers. You might be running just because you want to mean something to somebody. You want your life to be something. You don't know exactly what that looks like, but you're running towards whatever that is. But the problem is is we're chasing a life that leaves us empty. We have a God-sized hole in our heart, and if we try to fill it with anything but God, it's just not going to work out. What if the greatest enemy—I'm going to keep saying this, so it's going to be in your brains, hopefully. What if the greatest enemy to the life you want is the life that you're living? but you don't understand harmony. You're just a 26-year-old girl, right? You, I don't have enough time. Jesus didn't have a mortgage, and Jesus didn't have kids, and Jesus didn't have a nagging wife or a husband who sits and plays video games all day. Jesus didn't have car payments. Jesus didn't have school loans. Jesus didn't have, you know, I, insert whatever, right? Jesus had 351 Old Testament prophecies to fulfill in a world save. I'm not going to pretend like I have anything more than most of these people here, but Jesus has a lot, right? And we're supposed to be following Jesus' example. You have time for what you choose to have time for. So what are you choosing? The solution is not more time. The solution is more of what matters most. The reason you don't have time for what matters is because you're spending your time on stuff that just doesn't. So I've got a few statistics here, all right? <clears throat> this is the average American. I looked these up this morning, so these are accurate to the timestamp, all right? Well, as of about four hours ago. So one, the average American spends 1,643 hours staring at their phone screen per year. Some are higher. If you're younger, you're higher. This is the average 20 to 40-year-old range. Now, what could you do in that time period? I'm glad you asked, okay? At you, that is enough time to become a pilot, right? At $13 an hour, you could make $22,000. Isn't that insane? That's almost a car payment, like a, car, a whole car payment. <laughs> if, you're, if your monthly car payment is $22,000, you got, your, I don't know, okay? Now, <laughs> social media. Does anybody else, anybody here use social media? I see hands down that I know should be up, all right? So social media, 706 hours a year average. Again, if you're younger, that's higher, or if you're a mom, I feel like that's also higher, okay? Now, I'm a fan of comparison, so what can you do with 706 hours a year? Well, in an eight-hour workday, that's almost four and a half months of working hours, That's like half your career, like half your year's salary you could make, right? Now, uh, here's one I feel like hits home for some other people. TV, okay? You got new trending series, whether you're watching Married at First Sight, whether you're watching um, Bluey. I don't know if anybody else is a Bluey fan. I'm a big Bluey fan. Um, (laughs) Whatever series that you watch, The Average American spends 2,737 hours on TV or streaming services. 2,737 hours a year on TV. That is a total of 114 days a year that you spend. Now, I know you're saying, well, I multitask, right? Like, I multitask. So I try to justify this myself. I'm sure other people do. I'm like, okay, well, when I'm watching Bluey, usually I'm also lesson planning, or while I'm doing this, usually I'm this, or whatever, right? Now, I will say that some of those hours do account for people multitasking, but are you doing what matters most while you're multitasking? Are you mindlessly wasting your life on what doesn't matter? What if the greatest enemy to the life you want is the life that you're living? So what do we do? I don't know myself sometimes, right? I'm not going to give you a lot to go on. I don't have a lot to go on. But there are some truths that I think make a big impact. And if you don't slow down, God is going to make you slow down. He's going to hit you with a two-by-four upside the head and and put you on your butt. Okay? Let's call it what it is. When I was, uh, I've experienced this myself. I decided I wanted to uh, go into ministry. I felt called into ministry, so I switched my major. I was like, what is the best place to go to be a ministry major? The Bible Belt. So I packed my bags. I moved to Alabama, and I immediately was like, oh, wow, this is what bills are like. That's that's not fun. So I was working 50-plus hours a week while going to seminary full-time, while volunteering at my church and working in the youth ministry and then guess what COVID hit I moved home and I couldn't get a job up here I moved back home with my parents I couldn't get a job up here I had potentially also failed my last uh, semester in school so I had to take a semester break and it was hard It was really hard because I had all of these things. I was like, I'm going, I'm going. I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do, right? I'm going into ministry, and then I'm volunteering at my church. I'm working so I can pay my rent and my bills. I'm doing everything right. I thought I was on paper, but I was not taking time for what mattered most. In that time period, I barely opened my Bible if I wasn't at church. I barely prayed if I wasn't at church. I didn't stop and take time to do things that mattered most. I, I was rushing. I didn't see people. I missed hurting people that maybe God had called me to talk to, to be there for. And so I had to, I came home, and I had to go back to basics. I had to figure out who who is God? Who is God to me? Who does who God say that he is? Who does God say that I am? And so I bought I don't even know how many Bible studies, and I just did Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, and I read my Bible. I bought a whole, thick, chunky CSB study Bible because I was like, I just need to know more. I want the commentary, and so I, I just I just did, and then I figured, oh, there are probably people that are also struggling, so I started a Bible study. It was a Zoom Bible study. I called it Give Us Purell Hearts, Give Us Clean Hands because— i thought that was funny but anyway and then guess what i through all of this study I, i realized that the answer i was looking for was so simple and yet i had missed it god is a god of love his greatest command is love god and love people and love is incompatible with hurry if we're always in a hurry are we really loving because love is patient and love takes time. And if we don't have time because we're hurrying, are we really loving? So in preparation for, for today, I had started to pray a prayer while I was in Bonaire. And it's, God, help me walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. And so I want to challenge you guys for the next seven days. Pray this prayer. You can take a picture of it so you don't forget it, Okay. God, help me walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. So what does that look like? It looks like being present in the moment. We listen to people. We see needs. We hurt with people, right? God calls us to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and to mourn with those who are mourning. Some of the the most amazing times that I have seen God is when I am mourning with someone who is mourning, when I'm rejoicing with someone that is rejoicing, when you take time to hurt with people and rejoice with them, it it changes you too. We can't see people if we're running, if we're hurrying, so we need to be present in the moment. The second one is this, choose what's important and eliminate what's not. So you can ask God every morning, help me say no to what doesn't matter and yes to what does. I usually, my prayers usually go a little bit like this, God, I'm dumb. You know this. You made me. I just need, hit me with a two. I, I don't care what you got to do, but help me say no to what doesn't and yes to what does matter. Okay? And there are good things that we can enjoy, but they might not be the most important. And, and a no for now doesn't mean a no for forever, right? I might not be able to go to Bonaire in December with Shane right now, but that doesn't mean I'm never gonna go. I might not be able to join a book club right now, but that doesn't mean forever a no. You might not be able to go and play on your company softball team right now, but that doesn't mean a forever no. It might mean later, the season of life you are in right now might be different. And the third one is this. Sense God's presence and recognize his voice. Every person that Jesus loved and every miracle he did, he did as he walked. So when we are walking, and we're following an unrushed Jesus, and we're living an unrushed life, and we're taking time, and we're loving well, then we're going to see people. And when we spend time in, in what matters, right, when we're soaking in the word of God, when we are spending intimate time with the Father, then we learn to sense God's presence and recognize his voice, and we can feel that twinge when God is telling us, hey, you got little care bags from hsc in the back of your car go give it to that guy on the side of the road right now hey that person that's hurting you you sent something a little bit off i need you to go pray with them right now if we're rushing past we're not going to have time for those moments so i have a challenge for you in addition right you're gonna what what could we do as a church if we walked with jesus genuinely unrushed walked with jesus imagine the people we'd see, imagine the impact we could make. If we're running to something and you're running towards being significant and you want to mean something to people, see people. Be the person that sees people. Be the person that loves people. We have our, our HSC Better Together shirts. It's not just like something for fun that we were like, yeah, better together. Like, that's a good hashtag. No, it's, it's genuine. It's what we want to be. It's who we are. We're better together. We don't show up to church and just, all right, check marks, see y'all, maybe next week. I might go, you know, skydiving, I don't know. Like, no, we're better together. You should be like, man, like, I'm excited to see you next week. Hey, you want to get coffee on Wednesday? Hey, I'm going to text you. I, like, I found this funny meme, like, haha, isn't this so funny throughout the week? Like, like we are better together. If you want to be significant, you want to mean something, see people. Be the person that sees people that loves people. We're asking God to help us walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and to love people deeply. And where was Jesus walking this whole time? He's walking towards the cross. He's walking towards what God had planned for his life, day by day, step by step. He's walking towards his calling. And God gave his life for you, God has a calling on each and every one of our lives. We all have a purpose. We don't need more time. We need more of what matters more of walking towards the cross, more of seeking God intentionally and walking towards the, the calling that God has for us. We need more of walking towards Jesus, more loving people, more serving. Life isn't always easier with Jesus, but it is better. And that's what this whole sermon series is, a better way. It's better with Jesus. It's better when you're patient. It's better when you're not too busy for what matters most. What would happen if we as a church slowed down? If we loved people? If we walked and saw people's needs? That's why I love that we're looking at doing a prayer walk. Because, man, what a better way to be a light in the community. So what about you? When we make time to experience Jesus fully and love others deeply, we become more like Jesus. And, and maybe you haven't experienced Jesus yet. Maybe you're like, great, Harmony, these are some good practical tips for how I can better manage my time. But I don't know about, I don't know about the Jesus stuff, right? What better time to give your life to God than right right now. Why not? Maybe you've been trying everything you have to fill this void in your life. You're filling it with relationships and people and things and hobbies and money and jobs and anything else. You've got a God-sized hole in your heart and you're trying to shove anything you can in there. It's not going to work. And I hate to tell you that. Well, I don't hate to tell you that. I love to tell you that. Because I got the answer for you. It's Jesus. The only thing that can fill a God-sized hole in your heart is God. When you find meaning in the things that you do and not who Jesus says you are, it doesn't work. Maybe you're like, yeah, Harmony, I'm beyond broken, messed up, hurting. I can't get my life on track, so I love what you're saying, but I don't think that's for me. It is. That's the best part of the gospel. Jesus knew everything you were ever going to do and yet he still died for you. He knew everything you were you have done, will do, ever will do in your whole life and yet he still chose to walk towards the cross. He still walked and saw you. He loves you unconditionally and he's just waiting for you to say yes. And so if that is you today and you want to you want to give your life to Jesus, man, we we celebrate that and we are so thankful for that because that's what matters most. Jesus is what matters most. And so if you want to make that decision today, you can go ahead and pray this prayer with me. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. God, I, I give my life to you. I know that means I won't always be perfect but I want you, God. I want more of what matters most, Lord. And so I give my life to you. And God, we thank you so much for anybody that's made that decision today, God. And God, we are so thankful for you, Lord. God, I pray that as we go through this week, God, God, I pray that as we go through the rest of our lives, God, that we see people that we follow you in an unhurried rhythm of grace, that we live an unrushed life, God. God, we might be busy, God, but I pray that you help us to not hurry, to not throw moments away. God, we're so thankful for the ministry that you you let us be a part of, God. God, I pray that we see people, God. I pray that we love people. I pray that we truly believe that we are better together, God. God, as we leave this place today, God, and as we continue to worship in song, God, I pray that you continue to speak to us today, God. We are so thankful, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made a decision today, we'd love to know about it. You can find me. You can find Pastor Chris. You can find Rachel. You can grab somebody, like grab anybody, and we would love to talk to you. We would love to celebrate that with you. We have baptisms next week. So if you're like, man, I want to also get baptized, definitely talk to Pastor Chris about that. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Please stand as we finish off with a little bit of worship. that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea through it all, through it all my eyes open Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. Thank you, God. Thank you for your everlasting love. Help us and deliver us as we go throughout this week. Keep us safe, and please bless the kids. That are going to camp this week
0: and I want to thank everybody for joining us and everybody watching online. Don't forget that God loves you with an everlasting love. That verse has been coming up to me five million times this week so I think God's trying to tell us something. You
1: guys are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen race set apart for God and no matter what you do big or small, if it's for eternity, it, it matters and i pray Hope that you guys have a great week, or we all hope you do, (laughs) not just me. (laughs) And see you next time.